You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 177 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here, right here, in the flesh, (laughs) sitting right next to Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Right next to you, Val, on your couch, on your furry couch. It's very lovely. Yeah, it is quite furry. I like it. And I'm looking out the window and that's a very nice view out there. And of course, because we're together... Listen to this. This is not, hang on. It oh, should sound sorry. really nice. Is this the good stuff, the glasses that you got? They're nice oh, glasses. Okay, yes. look, it should sound better. That's better. Okay. You need to hold it lower. So I like, I nice, just like clinking it. No, no, but it needs to, if you. No, I just like clinking it. But you're making it not clink as well because oh. you're holding, you need to hold it there by the stem. Mm. There you go. Now try. See the difference? Okay, but I just like clinking it. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. So uh, Valerie's gotten out the good glasses and out the window I can see beautiful sailboats. Which one's yours, Val? Which one's yours? I don't have a sailboat. By the way, we are clinking glasses of champagne in case you're wondering, which is, of course, now become a podcast tradition when Gina and Val get together. But no, none of those sailboats belong to me, I wish. (laughs) Well, it's very lovely and it's been uh, a hectic Oh, my God, hectic does not even begin to describe it. So Gina and I have just spent the last two days hanging out together, and we weren't just really hanging out. We were doing full-on shoots for two days straight with multiple models, multiple props, props that include included cars, surfboards, skateboards, Vespers, countless things. And it's summer here, so, well, it's almost summer here, And so it's kind of been quite hot and draining. So we think, well, I think anyway, we deserve these bubbles. But we thought that we would get together and record this podcast for you. It's immediately after we've wrapped on the two-day shoot. And we thought we'd kind of give you a bit of a debrief because what we did over the past two days is we filmed the new course that Gina is going to release on how to shoot high school senior portraits. Isn't that right, Gina? Yeah, and we're really excited and, like, we covered everything and we had some amazing models and basically uh, Val and Tracy were filming me coaching the models, all the behind-the-scenes stuff of how I actually work with each model. And we had... um, 
people that had never been in front of a camera before and I wanted to make sure that I did that so that I could teach all the steps that I take to help models connect, help them uh, show them how to pose, how I come up with my ideas, some really um, good MacGyver hacks yes. that we came up with, when whether you're shooting inside, on location, and, and how to spot the good light and how to find the locations because often uh, new photographers get overwhelmed when they're looking at a location and they'll see the entire location and uh, not quite thinking of the possibilities of mm. what is possible if you're using the right lens and what lighting can do. And I also wanted to keep this course really simple, so I made sure that I worked with available light and then I take you through step-by-step step, um, you know, in a lot of the shoots in taking it up a couple of notches, adding reflectors, diffusers, and then taking it up another notch and adding maybe a single speed light. So, um, And it was really shooting on the run because mm. we made sure that all these shoots that we created were done on the run with very light kits, not a lot of um, equipment needed mm. and stuff that you could probably do. You didn't need a crew of 50 to achieve these shots. You could definitely do them on your own and you know yeah it was definitely I mean in terms of the locations there was literally no planning involved it was a matter of getting out there just having a walk around and shooting people where we could there was no planning involved so it was um a little bit fly by the seat of your pants it was a little bit intuitive on on Gina's part uh, but I think the result has been um, fantastic and we shot so many people in so many different looks over the past two days and yeah I can't wait as well to bring the course to you because there's going to be a lot to learn from it. So what we thought we'd do is a bit of a debrief and take you through the shoot. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good to do the de- – this is actually the debrief. Mm. So you're listening to our we, – we basically just – Packed up all the gear, yep. sent everyone yep. off and... Open the champagne. Open the champagne. Yep. I had some bread too, Val, because I was being a bit hungry. But uh, like, okay. This is, the, this, this is the actual debrief of the shoot. So shall mm. we get into it? Like, Absolutely. Where do you want to start? Well, I think we'll start with the planning. So you talked about the fact that it was an intuitive shoot and, uh, and I really wanted it to be like that. Okay, so I had an idea... We're shooting in around where, you know, Valerie lives, so close by. And I had an idea of where I wanted to shoot and what was here, but I wanted to be able to shoot this in a way that would replicate what it's like to be actually on a shoot. And often you'll turn up to a location and you don't get a chance to actually map out, okay, so I'll use this wall, then I'll use these stairs, etc. You've mm. got to come in and walk into a location and really feel the feel the location and then look for the light. So often as portrait photographers, commercial photographers, any kind of photographer, you're sent to a location and you might have to travel an hour or two hours, you don't, or wedding photographers even, you don't always get the op- editorial as well. You don't always get the opportunity to pre-map out a shoot. So it's a, it's a really good skill to be able to turn up and say, okay, what can I do here? 
what can I make out of this location and being able to find something and make something from what often looks like nothing. So mm. that's how we built all these shots. So I had, I did have an idea of the places that I wanted to go, but what was interesting, Val, is like, you know, I had I had a hero shot in mind. I definitely got one of the ones that I wanted to, but then there was others that just happened, like they're gifts from the photography gods. And I love it when that happens. Or you turn up and you think you're going to love a particular location and a particular aspect, and then when you get there, it's not exactly what you want, and then you might find that allowing yourself the flexibility to move 25 degrees another way or look around the corner, you find exactly what you're looking mm, for. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of surprises. in, And I think it also takes a photographer's eye because there are a lot of things that I'm very used to in this town. Obviously, I live here and I know it quite well. But I think when Gina came in with a photographer's eye, she was saying, oh, we should shoot here. And I'm like, really? There? <laughs> um, but it turned out fantastically because she was able to see something thing in that spot that I didn't you know there were other more obvious shots that I obviously could um could identify as great locations but Gina was able to bring a different perspective to it and find locations in areas that I had not thought of so there was like one in particular which was a stairwell fell yeah yeah between uh, a row of garbage bins. Yeah. And yeah. on the other side was, uh, I don't know, graffiti and um, just like nothing a, in particular. Shop, a store, and it was yeah. like nothing but the stairwell. Well, a set of stairs. Yeah, a set of stairs was beautiful, and it just happened to be in a location that was beautifully lit because. Just outside that stairwell, there was like almost like garage lighting. She had this beautiful soft fill light and then the the wall of the stairs worked well for the shoot and you had uh, lovely light and so that was amazing to find that location. But one of the things I want to talk about was mm-hmm. while we were – we had a little base in town that mm-hmm. we used that, that we um, – and it was basically a, an apartment that we were using – just an Airbnb. Just a little Airbnb that at which um, we used to uh, – the models could get their makeup done and, and that it was, was our base. And it was quite possibly one of the smallest Airbnbs you could ever encounter. <laughs> it was pretty small. I slept in a bunk bed. I know. So it was this Airbnb and it's meant to be one bedroom, right? Um, so not only was it one bedroom, it was one very small bedroom with a very small living area. So it was a teeny tiny Airbnb. But the bed bedroom was like triangle shape <laughs> and could not fit a double bed so there were two bunk beds in it and yeah Gina slept in the bunk bed I slept in a bunk bed and so this wasn't remember. a glamorous apartment that yeah, we rented yeah. or anything at all it was really quite basic in it was a teeny tiny one bedroom apartment with a triangle shape I had to remember when I woke up in the night not to just sit up too high because I would have knocked myself yeah. out. But the balcony was lovely and the view was amazing. But I did feel like I was in a bit of a fishbowl valve because mm. people could just look into the apartment. Yes. But it was lovely. So, But what it did have going for it was these massive windows. Mm. So it was like a 1960s apartment. Yeah. Say. 
renovated 1960s, but huge, huge windows, flooding beautiful light into the room. The whole room was white, so there was lots of light bouncing around. And then out the window, you've got like basically the the, the water, the, the surf yeah. out there. So it was a spectacular view. And we managed to use that light to shoot um, some headshots with. And mm. one of the models that we used, one of the first girls that came in had her colouring was blue eyes and like a strawberry blonde hair. Mm. And I tried to light her backlit against the windows and having the windows blown out so that it looks like a studio. So basically overexposing. So what you do is expose for the skin tone. So when you're exposing for the shot, expose for the skin tone and uh, make sure you're overexposing and you get the headshot that looks like she shot in a studio, but for mm. the strawberry blonde, it didn't work, Belle. Yeah, it was. She was a it bit beige. Yeah, it washed her out. Washed um, her out. So often, um, when I'm shooting headshots, you need to look at the colouring and the skin tone. And some people don't work well against white. I notice some people work better when shot against a heavier, darker tone of a background or a block colour. So. The guy we shot, uh, Noah, before that, yeah. I, that I tested that out, uh, uh, he was wearing like a burgundy shirt yep. and he had dark hair and against this uh, white blown out background, you get like this beautiful spill light so you get love, lovely highlights running down the side of the face. I'll put some uh, examples of the shots in the show notes, Val, so that people can see what we're talking about. But it's a lovely wrap light. For him, it worked. It was amazing. But the fairer skin tone and the lighter hair just... Of the girl. uh, Yeah, it washed her out completely. So knowing that she had beautiful green eyes and that strawberry um, hair colour, I wanted to find a skin tone, a background colour that complemented her, so I knew that blue would work really Mm. well. All the walls in in the studio were white and I needed blue, so I found... A couple of towels. Towels, yeah, literally just bath, bath towels. towels. And everyone thought, what are you doing? And I'm mm. like, I'm going to build a background. So I built uh, using one light stand and a cross arm that I actually used to hold my reflector. I hung two beach towels. They weren't beach towels. They weren't even bath towels. Were, you know the smaller bath towels? Yeah, I know. Smaller ones. They weren't bath sheets. They, they were just the sheets, small the really bath towels. They yeah. ones. They were small mm. Threadbare blue bath towels. I mean, it's in an Airbnb, so it wasn't like they weren't fancy bath towels. But the blue was really nice, Mm. and I hung those up behind her, maybe about a meter behind her. Mm, Yeah, behind her. Yes. So I hung these beautiful bath towels, and then used my eighty-five millimeter fixed um, focal length lens, and I was shooting at f one point eight. And I had my model come forward a little bit, focused on her eyes, drop the background out, and the resulting shot looks like... Fantastic. Like, there's no way that you could tell that they were bath towels because of the depth of field was such that you just sort of saw some blue in the background. Um, And there's no way at all that you could have known that Gina MacGyvered this little hack. Um, The the girl was um, in the foreground, obviously, and she looked fantastic with that background so 
So that was a, a great hack. The other one that we did was working the other way where the shop is blown out mm. from the background. Um, I wanted to bounce some more like a silver reflector into their mm. face to give it a bit more uh, of a pop and a highlight. So you've got the window flooding light in from behind them and then I wanted to reflect that back. Now the problem with using a reflector with a headshot is like sometimes you can't get the angle quite right and uh, I've seen uh, a few people use the hack where they use their um, pop-up reflector and cut a hole into the middle of it mm. and then pop the reflector over the camera. Yeah, I don't so, think I could do that. I couldn't do that to a I reflector. Want- it's like, you know how some people can't dog-ear their books when they're reading them? Do you, do you do dog-ear? You dog-ear your bo- no, I use a bookmark. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I dog-ear. Do you dog-ear? Yeah, well, I waver, but I don't have a problem with dog-earing, but some people are really anal about it. Uh, but I could not cut a reflector. No, so I really wanted this shot to work and I only had, um, I forgot the, to bring my second reflector, so I only had the one, silver black or the um, diffuser and I didn't want to cut it. So I went down <laughs> went down to the supermarket <laughs> and I got a box from Bananas. You bought, you bought, I didn't buy the box of Bananas. I got no, the no, empty box. No, they were grapes. Oh, no, it was a grape box. Yeah. All right. Well, same. No, they're not the same. What do you mean? Grapes the and box. bananas aren't the same. Yeah, no, but the boxes are the same. But they're still not a box of bananas. I know, but so I got a box. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we ain't spending too much time together now, Valerie. You can pull me up on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grape box. <laughs> so I got a box and I flattened it out and then I got foil. From the Airbnb. Do you think, oh, is that all right to take that foil? Because it's there. Does that mean it's for the guests or? You... Yeah, but maybe you just like foil. You, maybe but you are you supposed it. to take the foil and use it like that? Well, do, are you like meant to look at it? paper or is it like, because if it's there, if they don't want you to use it, do they lock it away? Obviously. I, I mean, so they it don't. Been you, okay. Yeah. Because it's... it wasn't, I personally buy no name foil because I don't care. Okay. I think it's the same. People may disagree. Okay. I don't see the point of paying an extra $3 for brand um, name foil. Okay. You? Yeah. Well, you what do they call it in America? Is it foil in America? Our foil. Aluminum, you guys aluminum. say. We call it aluminium, but you guys say aluminum foil. Aluminum. I mean, for the Ameri- for the Americans out there who are listeners. But um, I think it was fine that you used the foil. Gina. So we got the foil and gaffer, good old gaffer, yeah. and covered this great box. I was going to say banana <laughs> box. <laughs> great box with the flattened great box, right? Mm-hmm. Covered it with foil and taped it with gaffer, and then cut a hole in the middle where the lens pokes through. So basically, I had this box surrounding my lens with foil on it and when I photographed my model well it wasn't a box it was just the flattened cardboard oh great box flattened (laughs) flattened great box the beautiful silver light bounces back into the model's face and it looked 
amazing. Yeah, so it worked really well because the cardboard, the flattened grape box covered in aluminium or aluminum foil was perpendicular in in terms of angle to the floor. So as opposed to a reflector, which often is, you know, a bit lower and on an angle, it was a smack bang reflection onto the model's face from from the light that was streaming through behind her. Do you know with champagne, it like gets caught here. We mean it gets it caught just, here. It like, gets stuck here. The Gina's bubbles. pointing at her sternum. Yeah, is that normal? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's normal or not. Do you have that? Sometimes. I hate asking people. I've stopped doing that because people look at me weird because I used to like just go, you know when, la, 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 and they're going, no, that doesn't happen to me. Go, okay, I'm never going to ask again. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's perfectly normal, Gina. Really? So yeah. there's not something wrong with me? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so that was amazing. Try that. There are, mm. there are, and I'm now that I've done it and I loved the look of it and I, have, I must admit that it, I think this kind of lighting when you're using heavily backlit and you've got a reflector works best when you've got a shorter focal length so you can get in quite close to the model. Yes. Obviously, the closer you are, the closer the reflector is yeah. going to be. I used the 70 to 200 at about 70 so I was back it was a tight headshot but probably I could have been a bit closer I would have got a better um, look out of it the thing that I didn't like about this technique is the model couldn't see me Mm. so there was it did feel like there was this disconnect and I kept having to pop up over the silver wall Mm. to to talk to her so that she could see my eyes because I didn't I really I really felt a disconnect because there was like this it was a silver wall grape box between (laughs) us the grape grape divide see what I did there Oh, oh, my God, I'm tired now, Valerie. No. Anyway, I have inherited the silver grape box. Yeah, I gave it to Val. Yeah, so I will be using it in something, <laughs> in some upcoming activity, no doubt. peeking through it. It's yeah. going to be your Christmas outfit, isn't it? Sure, yeah, okay. All right, so let's move on from the silver grape box. What else happened that we want to share? Um... How about the coolest moment ever when I just manifested? <laughs> there was two actually. So you posted one. Yes. Okay. You're so fantastic. If... That was a very good photo, Val. Your timing because you got the splat. Yes. Your phone. I, yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you're in the podcast community on Facebook, it, well, if you're not, you should be. And so search for "So You Want to Be a Photographer" podcast community, and that is our listener community, and we'd love to have you in there. It's um, free to join, so make sure you join. So I posted a photo in there. I was trying to get a shot of Gina from behind while she was shooting her obsession, which is bikes, as in bicycles. And um, as a little bit of a joke, I usually try to shoot Gina from behind and show her ass crack. Yeah, but it's not a nice thing to do as a friend. Look, it's not cool. But it's just fun. But I didn't have any ass crack. I know, so you didn't. So I didn't shoot your ass crack. Yeah. So I shot Gina shooting this bike, and I posted it into the um, into the Facebook group. Yeah. So that was so you want to continue the story about manifesting that situation so here's here's what's really nice about this last couple of days 
everything that I hoped for, like I thought as I was, there is this amazing location. The champagne's gone straight to my head. <laughs> well, I'm lying down Very now. <laughs> I'm so, actually lying actually, down now. <laughs> this is, um, Valerie is on her back, hold, still holding the champagne. And <laughs> we probably shouldn't have done this at this That's point. all right. Keep going. Um, manifesting. All right. So <laughs> there is... There is this beautiful location that I had in mind. I got a great shot where I photographed a um, surfer against yeah, – it's basically a lot of Australian beaches create these rock swimming pools that they are carved into the surf. Yeah. So where the locals who live in the area can actually, if they want to swim like laps – is that what you call it? Like Yeah, of course yeah. you call it lads. What else do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> and they call it that in other countries too. Did you get a new camera? What's that box there? That's Sorry, I'm like a bird Canon. with shiny things that That's distract them. My Canon, my That's little one. My mirror- That's the little my, mirrorless. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, we'll play with it later. I use it all the time. It's good. Um, you that They carve out these... Uh, swimming pools into the rocks in yeah. the location. So basically it, it's, it becomes a swimming pool, but it's created in these rustic locations. I yeah, and it's seawater. Do they have them in the States? Probably. Probably. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure we didn't invent them. Bondi is a famous <laughs> one and a lot of the coast beaches have them and they're magnificent. They're like I'm obsessed by them. It's probably becoming a new we're going to add it to the list oh of my obsessions. God. Maybe you should do a book of my like – obsession. Oh yeah, like bikes and my obsession. We combine them all. So what yeah. I should have done is got it. And I'll put cats in them. I'll just put Rexy. Why are you jumping into mine? You get your own book. Okay, fine. It's don't share. So different, but where don't how do I put Rexy into the thing? Well, how do you put bikes and rock walls and? Well, am I asking you to macrame cars for well, me? Well, maybe you should. Well, well, then do <laughs> macrame me a car. Fiat Fiat five hundred. Sure. Great. For Christmas? Well, that's coming up too, a bit soon. Anyway, go on. So this beautiful rock swimming pool that I actually did even before the shoot got up at dawn and photographed it and there was this amazing mist over it and the light was beautiful and the waves crash against the edges so you get um, – a lot of people photograph them as uh, long exposure so you get that silky look. Mm. I love the look of capturing the little droplets of water so I actually shoot them at as fast a shutter speed as I can possibly get. So I was shooting uh, th- these rock um, – these rock swimming pools at like one four thousandth of a second just to try and freeze all the little water droplets because I find that spectacular. So there I am shooting this amazing location and I had the model wheeling this um, bike that I loved and then I'm like, you know what, I need to feed my soul here, Val. It's important. So I did hold up the shoot Mm -hmm. for what? 
20 minutes. (laughs) Made everyone wait while I rested the bike against the rock wall and created this shot. Made me very happy, though. Okay, so clearly the champagne has gone to Gina's head because she's missed the entire point of the story, which was that we didn't have a bike at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she loves bikes, and she just said, I wish we had a retro bike that Mm. we could include in this shoot. This is the story you were meant to tell, Gina. Sorry. Um, I wish we had a retro bike that we could include in this shoot. And lo and behold, a lady. Barbara. Barbara rode past, was started riding past with exactly the perfect bike. Beautiful. And Barbara got that bike for her 80th birthday. Yes, And she 80th. happily lent it to us. And it Very wasn't sweet. like copy vintage. It was like vintage, vintage. It was beautiful. White wall tires. Mm. Gorgeous bike. So I got to photograph that and that was amazing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now I've completely lost our entire train of thought and don't know what we were supposed to talk about next. (laughs) So after that, uh, some of the things we did uh, in the planning is the use of working with long lens versus wider lenses Mm. and that was a really big deal and Mm. something that's um i think really important and was a big part of this course and like trying to find the good locations and the diff and when to pick it was actually a really big 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 lesson in locations as well it's 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 you know it was i learned a lot from it it was great it's gonna be a massive course yeah like a lot heaps of content there Mm. so what the difference and when to know when to shoot long Mm. and when to shoot wide and uh, so we go through all of that and then we also uh, went into working with hard light and working Mm. with soft light and really I think if someone is a beginner or even someone who's been working for a long time there's lots of little hacks to working and manipulating daylight and using fill with daylight so using reflectors using diffusers and things like the silver foil trick and i did love the blue um towel trick i was very happy with that uh the other story that i love val would Mm. be the the i wanted a vespa Oh, yes, this is Gina's other, you know, I'm so woo-woo, I can manifest anything kind of other moment. And that was when, uh, well, you tell the story, Gina, because you just relish it. But then I go off on tangents. I know, I'll I'll bring you back, it's okay. (laughs) That's your job, isn't it? So I had a... A beautiful girl that I was photographing and I really wanted to create this uh, vintage vibe with her and on the way to the shoot I had spotted a Vespa on the way actually to getting my great box Val yeah in the morning early Gina in the morning, spotted a Vespa and thought oh yeah it'll be there for the rest of the day not I thought, well you know they parked their Vespa and they've gone to work and so it was just outside but the other thing of it oh yeah they've gone to work and yeah I'm just going to commandeer their Vespa and they use it mind. in my photo shoot anyway, which obviously I didn't, didn't happen really didn't think it through mm, no so I thought that this Vespa would still be there and this was the whole vibe the location that was in was cool too there was kind of like an an alleyway going on and so when we went back to get this vespa shot 
Like six hours later, Which wasn't after even she a Vespa. I spotted a scooter. It was probably a knockoff scooter that wasn't even knockoff like Vespa. Any, yeah, it was a it was a Vespa, but it was not not a Vespa, but a knockoff scooter, but not even a brand brand off off brand. Yeah. So just something not, but looked vaguely Vesperish. Vesperish, and I didn't even think there would be a Vespa in this part of town. What? I just hadn't seen any. I didn't, you know. But okay. anyway, I was hoping. So we all, the whole crew, tracked down to this location with me going, I know where there's one. It's definitely going and to I'm be And I'm thinking, here. there's no freaking way the Vespa's still going to be there like all these hours later. Right. Anyway, and gone. So we get there and, of course. There's no Vespa yeah. or scooter. So I go to plan B. But I didn't say I told you so. <laughs> You're very good at that. <laughs> Are you going to balance the champagne glass? (laughs) I'm looking down and I'm balancing the champagne glass on my forehead. (laughs) I really hope this is a useful podcast. Um, So anyway, the we go around the corner, and Plan B was I had I did. It's a good idea to have a Plan B. So basically. When I say I was winging it for the whole shoot, I had I had done a recce and I had found a series of locations that work. I knew where there was like a patch of grass. I knew where there was a good part of beach. And I knew a couple of uh, stairwells, alleyways. Uh, there was a good couple of cafes that I could shoot in and they were all within, honestly, five-minute walk from each other and that's – one thing that I do when I do a recce, I make sure that everything's within a five-minute walk. So my plan B, if the Vespa didn't work, was that there was this cafe five minutes away from where my Vespa was supposed to be. And it was on the way to plan B that, and the moral of the story is always look to the side, that plan C came out. And to the side, an Italian restaurant just appeared and it was perfect and it gets better garage light so mm. this restaurant is because it was one o'clock in the afternoon mm. the kaka zone for lighting val yeah and we've got this beautiful garage lighting so the lights hitting the concrete in front of the italian restaurant bouncing up into the restaurant and for some reason, that restaurant's empty because everyone's at work and I think they all go to restaurants at night, don't yeah. they? It was just like just just happened to be empty. And so I go in, I bust out my best Italian, yeah. made friends with Nonna. But I told you that Nonna worked there. Yeah, well, I went and introduced myself to Nonna yeah. and, you know, after that we were like probably related. <laughs> we, we exchanged phone numbers, emails. And Nonna let me shoot in the restaurant and basically uh, I got to photograph my model and I was very happy with that location. I was very happy with what I had. And then in the middle of the shoot, I kid you not, putt, 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 out of nowhere, a vintage, nineteen probably 1960s, was a two-stroke vintage Vespa with, get this, it gets better, an Italian dude riding the Vespa, mm-hmm. putt, 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 putts past. Nonna, who knew, stops the guy mm. and uh, he he graciously brings it across and, and parks it in front of the uh, restaurant for, and lets us shoot with the Vespa. 
Gina reckons she should have written The Secret, you know, how you... I like, manifested that, yeah, hell. I know. Ask, yes. and you, it's the photo gods. The fo- but you know how that happened? Because I was grateful and happy with <laughs> what I already had. Okay. And when you're grateful and happy for what you already have, yes. you get more or more or better. Yes. So I wasn't complaining that no. I didn't have, I didn't complain. No, com- I accepted you're not that complain. I didn't have my first scooter and the moral of the story is let me get deep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sometimes when you don't get the thing that you want in the first place, it's because you're going to get something better. Okay. See? And one of your dogs agrees with me. Yes, well. that's and I've been hanging out with all the pets too. Yes, and I thank you, Gina. They're very cute, and they all look like really nice to me. They all remembered. They've all come up for a yes. pat. I don't know which one I will um, bunk with tonight. <laughs> yes, one of them probably Rex. You reckon? Yeah. All right. The yeah. king. The king. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> so, um, should we should we wrap? Yeah. Well, because we we can't speak. We're, yeah, we probably we've been speaking all day as well. And we've been and we've shooting been for two days. Shooting next to each other for two days, and we probably just need to drink more champagne instead. Food. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> We'll be but return to um, proper programming next week. Yes, we will return to proper programming next week. I think we gave. Week. I think there was some, some yeah, good some little good thing, you know, that little life the alfoil. About, you know, the alfoil yeah. was good. I'll take a photo of my new acquisition, the uh, the alfoil, the foil MacGyver hack thing, and yeah. post it in the show notes as well. Um, but if, thank- you've, if you've done any of these little alfoil hacks, or you have used the a reflector with the hole in it. Show me your photos. Upload them into the podcast group. And, of course, where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com. Uh, all my social media is there as well, at Gina Militia, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm also in the goal community about to record all the uh, photo critiques. Yes. For this fortnight and, um, man, this amazing stuff going Fantastic on there. Just stuff. like everyone's bringing it home for the end of the year. So I'm excited to do that and also in the podcast community. What yes. about you, Val? And find out more about the Gold community at ginamilitia.com. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo, K-H-O-O, at Twitter and Instagram and, of course, in the Gold community and the podcast listener group. So we're going to go drink more champagne. We hope you do too. Thanks for listening. Listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com. 